It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. LMFM Podcasts, brought to you with Cartmacross Cross Credit Union, where you'll find the best car loan to get you on the move. Talk to one of our team today at Cartmacross Cross Credit Union, O'Neill Street, or CartmacrossCU.ie. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The Renault Selection Used Car Event is now on. If you want to save thousands, check out this month's offers, including low APR finance, two years warranty and roadside assistance. Terms and conditions apply. You're very welcome to Friday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Busy, busy show. Women with opinions coming two to three. Yes, they're with us again at the end of the month. Kira Burke, Carmel McCarthy and Betty Clark in to give their views on a range of current topics. And if you want to join the conversation, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Or you can call in on 1850-715-958. Straight to business today. King's Gala Ashburn became an emergency delivery suite on Tuesday, April 9th last. You might remember we subsequently spoke to owner Jerry Brady, who told us the story of the birth, but at that stage he didn't know who the surprised mum was. We do now, and she's on the line. Francesca Corrigan, good afternoon. Good afternoon, how are you? I'm very good, thanks very much for joining me. Let's let's go back to that uh, uh, famous day as it is now. Were you on time with the baby or over? I was early, so four days early she came. Okay, and you have another little boy who's two. And was he the same? Were you early on him or or later? Yeah, he was two weeks early. All right, so you are an early mum. So, look, (laughs) you were expecting an early arrival, but nothing like this, let's say. Nothing like this. Oh, my goodness, no. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) What happened on the day? Your contraction started at what time? About four o'clock. I kind of was getting pains for the last two or three days. But, you know, I didn't think anything of it. And then it was four o'clock on 9th of April. And I was rang my husband. I was like, I think I'm going into labour. So he was on his way home from work, rang the hospital. They were like, yeah, you've got a bit of time. I was like, grand. Anyway, I rang my best friend then to come and look after Logan, my two-year-old. She came around, ooh, 20 to 5. Just as she knocked on the door, my water's broke. I was like, okay. This doesn't bode well. The water's breaking and the contraction is like, we need to get to the hospital. So she put Logan in the car. I just about managed between the contractions to walk to the car, sat in the car, and we started driving. So (laughs) I'm here in Ratos, heading towards Howard Street. So we're going down the Ratos Road. (laughs) And I'm not joking, the next thing, the head appeared. (laughs) (laughs) So um, obviously told Helena this. She obviously was driving. She's like, right, okay. Well, I was like, well, you're just going to have to keep driving. We're going to have to try and pull in somewhere or try and get to the hospital. I didn't realise she was going to come that quick. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Anyway, the next thing I was like, no, we have to pull over now. Just so happens that the petrol station was there. We literally pulled in. I beeped on the horn. 
and Irene, a lovely lady, came over, and Stephen from the farm shop came over, and basically she came out. <laughs> it was as quick they as were that. there. They were the, the, the stand-in midwives. They were the stand-in midwives. Meantime, I was on the phone, obviously, in the car to the ambulance, because, you know, I just thought I'd better tell them, obviously, because I needed the ambulance to be there when I delivered and stuff. And the lady, the paramedic, was very good on the phone. And basically, yeah, between us all, Annabelle arrived. Thank goodness everything was fine. But, yeah, Can- very quick. Can I say this to you, Francesca yes. Corrigan? You are one cool dude. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. It's all in my stride. Well, what can you do? She was coming out. I didn't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> I said, like, what can I do? Well, you know, when you are, I know, I'm, like, on the phone to the paramedics, trying to direct operations, baby yes. being delivered as well. Yes. I suppose then in, in that moment... You obviously wondered, is she okay? Did she oh, cry or what absolutely. happened? Absolutely. That was, well, that was my first thing. Obviously, when she came out, my concern obviously was her. I was like, is she okay? I kind of can't really see much, if you know what I mean. I was like, is she okay? And Irene and Helena were like, yeah, she's fine. I was like, I don't hear her. Anyway, she did a little cry then. And then the paramedic told them to check her nose or something for the fluid and everything was fine. And then, yeah, she was absolutely fine, making a good bit of noise then, so it was grand. So I was fine once she was fine. So you just sat there, the cord was still connected, yes, all that. Yes, yes. uh, yeah, cord was still connected. The paramedic lady told Stephen and Helena to try and find a shoelace. So Helena had her runners on because she was going to the gym. So she got her shoelace and they tied it round. So, yeah. Between us all, not a bother. <laughs> this story gets even better. The, the, the crucial role that shoelace played, and it just happened she had that runner on at exactly. that moment in time. Mm. Exactly. Did not it feel long? You know when you're then in the moment and she is delivered and you're sitting there, I'm not saying things have calmed, but they have to a degree. Did it feel long before the paramedics actually arrived? No, it kind of felt quick because I think I was in a bit of shock. So, do you know what I mean? I was kind of just... My main concern always was, was the baby okay? I didn't care about me. It's okay, it's okay. And of course, my little boy in the back having his ice cream. Stephen got him an ice cream and the people from the gala were looking after him. So my concern was kind of him and her. And I kind of didn't think about myself. Anyway, the paramedics came, my husband came, and then everything was kind of fine. I was all right after that. What else would you do as a two-year-old when your sister is coming into the world in the back of a car in a garage forecourt than having ice cream? <laughs> well, Exactly. Not a bother on him. <laughs> <laughs> and Logan is his name, isn't it? Logan yes. Is his yeah. Name. yeah so, what did she weigh in at? She weighed in at eight eight. Oh, fine, baby. Fine, baby. She was ready to come into the world. I tell you. <laughs> yeah, and then of course they take you on to Hollis Street. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so Helena took uh, Logan home, and uh, myself and Rob, obviously, and Annabelle were in the ambulance, and we went straight to Hollis Street. Yeah, and they sorted me out all there and stuff. So yeah. Thank God everything was fine. So Robert was diverted from the hospital to the forecourt of yes. King's Gala, yes. Yes, and sadly he just missed the birth, obviously, because, you know, you had to literally be there to get it. So um, he <laughs> just missed, and he arrived literally, I think, about two or three minutes after the ambulance. So thank God everyone arrived at the same time, yeah. And did you stay in Hollis Street, or how yeah, long were you there? Yeah, so I stayed in Hollis Street till Thursday, kind of lunchtime. Yeah. Okay, so and uh, just checking everybody was fine and everyone yeah, exactly. was well. Just everything was fine, everyone was well, and we were discharged. Yeah, no bother. <laughs> when you talk about it now, and <laughs> it just seems like a, a breeze to you. It just happened, and that was it. It just happened, and that was it. Do you know what I mean? I didn't have time to think. Like yeah. I keep saying, I just what what could I have done? Thank God everything was okay. That's the main thing, and thank God it's a nice story and. We all have a happy ending, yeah, but yeah. Oh, so, whirlwind. 
Annabelle Martha Corrigan, £8.08, born on the 9th of April. And when she's ever asked in the future, well, where were you born? Well, exactly. She's got quite a story. She has. A hell of a story to tell. A hell of a story. (laughs) Now, you've been back. You've brought her back to see the folks in King's Gala in Ashbourne. Yeah. lovely last week. And they presented us with two lovely hampers. And it was just lovely to say thank you to them all. Everyone's been so nice. And Jerry, the owner and everything, do you know what I mean? So it's just been a real lovely story. Mm. Really happy ending. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking here, if there's to be a number three, you know, but like, I'll leave that to yourselves. But you know what I mean? (laughs) Make sure you allow enough time. Absolutely. Everyone's saying that. I need to camp up at least two or three weeks, if not more, before I'm going to have to get a bed checked in or something, aren't I? Oh, my goodness. I'll stop. You do. (laughs) Just thinking of that here. But my, oh, my, all's well that ends well. Exactly. It It is. Ah, fantastic. Uh, And doing fine subsequently and none the worse for wear. We're all doing great. Thanks very much. (laughs) Sleeping, feeding. Yeah, I'm not getting much sleep, but no, we're all fine. Thank you. Ah, sure. That's par for the course, isn't it? You've been through it before. We've been through, we've been here before. Absolutely. Lovely to talk to you. I'm Thank delighted you so we caught much. up with you today to tell the story, Francesca. That's lovely. Thank you very much. Take care of yourself. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Francesca Corrigan there. Oh, doesn't she make it sound like, Louise, that it was just the simplest thing in the world. You're a mum of three. Is that the coolest woman you've ever heard? Oh, She's so laid back. And I'm thinking of the little fella in the ice cream, with the ice cream oh, in the back. I think that's brilliant. The baby I, cone. I can just see him on the back seat. Yeah. yeah. All right, Mammy. <laughs> this ice cream's gorgeous. You think he'd be traumatised or something, but no. <laughs> Not a bother on him. Oh, my. Like the way He's probably looking for all the sweets yeah, he could get. Yeah, the way it happened as well. Um, and, you know, she she's talking there about it. Just a matter-of-fact lady who didn't panic, was cool as a cucumber, and got but, on with it. At the staff. As well. Well done. Cucumbers. Fair play. Well done. I do want to say that Helena was brilliant, who was the car driver. Irene, who was in the garage, they were beeping the horn. Can you just envisage that as well? And Irene came flying over. She was there as well. And the staff and Jerry and all the crew there. Well done to one and all. It's a wonderful story. story. It's a great story. It is a great wee story. I'm delighted to catch her this afternoon. Just something to tell you AIB and Kells, you know they're in the news, Louise. Yes, they have been in the news in recent days. Uh, Well, they're opening, yeah, the the, uh, ATM um, t- taken from the uh, bank there. They've just been on touch with us, in touch with us to say that they'll be open uh, this Saturday. That's tomorrow, the 27th, from 10 to 4 for cash and check lodgements, ATM withdrawals, kiosk and phone banking as well. There'll be no cash services, however, now, just to know that. But if you have business to do in AIB and Kells and you've been hampered by what happened, uh, you can call in there tomorrow between 10 and 4 uh, for those services. That's as well. just AIB, is it, Jerry? Just AIB. AIB, yes, we just got the notice in uh, from AIB, just to mention that. And also, uh, congratulations uh, to our seventh finalist in the Scotch Hall Shopping Centre holiday giveaway of a lifetime in association with LMFM. It's Samantha Coyle from Mornington in County Mead. Well done to you, Samantha. You win a €100 Scotch Hall gift card. And don't forget, folks, anytime you spend €25 or more, you're in any of the 50-plus shops in Scotch Hall. You could be in with a chance to win that holiday. It's about €5,000. You can go to the Caribbean on a cruise for two, Las Vegas, a family holiday to Lapland. You can pick wherever you'd like to go. Just pop your entry form in the draw drum in Scotch Hall and stay tuned to us here in LMFM to see if you're one of the lucky finalists. And the draw is taking place on Saturday, May 18th. Louise, you know something I noticed on the way to work this morning? Oh, Jerry. And did you among, see it? Among all the things. Among all the things. Yes, I noticed. 
Do you know the cherry blossom trees? I love them. Well, there'll be no more after today and tomorrow. Oh, the wind? Because the wind is just blowing the blossom off them. Oh, they'll be bare after tomorrow. Oh, that's sad. And you know, it's lovely at this time of the year, the whites and the pinks and everything, but they don't hold their petals at all. And I just noticed... Uh, my car, they're, they're somewhere near where I live, was they were covered in them. I saw the trees bending and they're just going all over the place. So it was a brief mm. cherry blossom this I year. I only planted one did in the you? last couple of weeks, yeah. Well, funny, I did as well last um, winter time and it had it has a little blossom on it. Has yours a little blossom on it, the first little Tiny blossom? one, yeah. yeah small yeah. for the first year. But it will develop. Now, it's not too big of one, but I think they're gorgeous at this time of the year. But sadly, Mother Nature blows, the wind howls and the cherry blossom oh, is gone. All the nice gone. things are go fast. If you go down to the woods today, you never know. What's the rhyme go? What you'll find, is it? Or you'll see. Today's the day. Well, last night was the night the teddy bears had their sleepover in Navin Library. We told you about it a couple of weeks ago on Late Lunch. How did the teddies get on? Stay with us. <laughs> Find out next. News headlines on late lunch just after 1.45. A clean-up operation was underway this morning at a Mead library when staff arrived to find barefaced party-goers had got a little furry during the night. No, it's not the news. It's what happened at Navin Library last evening. And to tell me more, Annette Morris is on the line. Hello, Annette. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I am good. Well, was the bedlam in the quietness of the library? Oh my goodness, Jerry! Couldn't believe it. The staff here were just shocked, really. Now, um, there was twenty-three bears. They came last night with their owners, and we we were already set for a sleepover. We read some teddy story times. Um, the kids were some of them were dressed in their PJs, and so we put them down to bed, covered them in lovely soft blankets, and uh, you know we just assumed that they'd sleep all night and there wouldn't be a peep out of them. Not so. No, no, we were actually shocked. We came in to work this morning and myself and my colleagues were just shocked. The place was kind of um, in a bit of disarray, let's say. Yes. The teddy bears were very busy. Uh, We caught them on CCTV camera. Uh, The first thing they seemed to do was uh, order pizza. No way! Sitting, eating pizza and they were loving it. Who did the the bill it to? I'm afraid to think we'll know by the end of the day. <laughs> Accounts Department, Mead County Council, go on. They were having a lovely, a lovely pizza. And uh, after the pizza, they seemed to be able to watch a film on the computer. So they were watching a, a teddy bear film on the computer with popcorn. My. Yes. So absolutely. these bears come to life during the night when we all sleep. I, 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 I wasn't expecting that now. And then they started to play with the Lego and the Duplo. Really? They did. They so did. They, they, great fun. they watched their owners during the daytime playing with these things. And then they, when we're all asleep, do the very same. Unbelievable. Isn't it? Now, on, uh, now we, we caught them as well on CCTV, literally hanging out of the bookshelves. <laughs> so they were in disarray. They weren't in alphabetical order because they were pulling them out and they were... They were, they were just having a great time, really. So now we, we cleaned up and it's fine now. <laughs> were you able to produce the evidence for the young owners when they arrived? We did. We did. We presented them with the uh, the action that was had uh, at the sleepover. And we gave it back to them. And they were shocked themselves. They couldn't believe it. You know, and there was no bear snoring. We couldn't hear any snoring, so that was good. Well, I want to talk to that bear because it's a big issue for us, us humans. We need to, to suss that one out a bit more. Here's another one. Is it true that there could have been an elopement 
during the night? Well, I I can't say on that. I do notice that one was wearing a veil all right. I noticed that. But, uh, you know, th- there was no telling. They weren't telling us anything. OK, so that they're keeping stum on that one. But there totally. could be a big story there about to break. Do you know something? I just love this. I loved it from the moment I heard all about it. And I congratulate you all there at the library. Brilliant. What about the little owners? When they were leaving them off last night, were they, I'm sure they hugged them and kissed them and they'd be missing absolutely. them. Absolutely. absolutely. One, one person told me that they kissed kiss the picture on the phone of their little teddy bear. <laughs> I can totally understand if they're going to miss it, like, you know. Yes, but it's only for one night, but they had to make do this morning. The joy must have been uncontained when they arrived to pick them up. Absolutely. And when they got the photographic evidence, it was amazing. Yes. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> it's Great a, response. Isn't it lovely that it's worked out so well for them? And what ages were the owners? The owners, there were age range from about three to seven. Lovely. Age group. And there was 23 bears. And like when I say bears, that includes owls and dolphins and unicorns and Elsa from Frozen and... Yes. And and (laughs) every sort. And and of course, this is all part of the Storytime Month initiative, yes? That's right. Spring into Storytime for Mm. the month of April. Lovely, lovely, lovely. So they're back with their owners and I'm sure they'll keep them close and tight to them this evening and they'll go off into their little sleep and dream about what happened last night and, you know, the same will probably happen in the little bedrooms round the Navin area and Greater Navin area this evening. Absolutely, absolutely. It just shows you, you never know with these little bears and dollies what they get up to. It's incredible. Congratulations to everybody there, Annette, on a wonderful, wonderful initiative over the Easter holidays. And I'm sure it's something you'll be looking at doing again sometime. Absolutely. We'll definitely have going forward. So if you just check out our Facebook page and our Twitter feeds, there are Mead Libraries um, at a library near you. (laughs) Fantastic. Annette, thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate it. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Annette Morris there, Library Assistant in County Mead. And... uh, would you believe it, Louise, that teddies are like that? Would now you? I know why I wake up every morning and my house is in a state. <laughs> all the teddies. Do you, and hear, the do you hear that chance, Sarah, trying to blame just the teddy everywhere. bears? I'm going to have to just strap them down now tonight over the weekend. You should have a look in the mirror now. Come I wonder on. if you can train them to hoover. <laughs> I'm sure you can do anything with them now. Nowadays, anything is possible. Oh my, oh my. God, I never Now that knew. we know. Now that we know. Well, that is the thing. The CCTV don't lie. When they look back at the footage, oh my word, what went on there last evening was simply incredible. Can you imagine the kids' faces ah, when they saw them, their own teddies eating pizza? You, can't you? Just and lovely. And all lovely. that. They must have been just blown away by this. And incredible. Another world that they inhabit and that lives with them and that they love. And you know how precious a teddy bear, a dolly is to a child. It's yeah. And I know, I know that any other teddies all around the county that feel a bit hard done by... I think they are, after the success last night, going to roll the programme out in other, other libraries very There soon. you go, there Coming you go. Coming soon to a library near you. Near you is right. Anyway, we're going to head towards news and weather at two o'clock. Uh, don't forget, Women With Opinions after two. Kira Burke, Carmel McCarthy and Betty Clark. But heading towards two. I didn't think I'd get a chance to do this again, but it is Miss Sharon Caw with the teddy bear. Christmas time, dear Santa Claus. 
Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The Renault Selection used car event is now on. If you want to save thousands, check out this month's offers, including low APR finance, two years warranty, and roadside assistance. Terms and conditions apply. Kira Burke, Carmel McCarthy, and Betty Clark are our women with opinions this April on Late Lunch. And girls, you're all very welcome to the show. Good to see you all again. Thank you for joining me. And I want to tell our listeners today, if you want to join in the conversation or comment at any stage, it's our usual numbers. WhatsApp 086-1800-658. You can text that number as well, or you can call in on 1850-715958. Let's begin. Yesterday evening, we were leaving work here, and news came through of another shooting in Drogheda, and a very serious one, a man in hospital with not life-threatening injuries, but seriously injured. Harnman's Garden in Drogheda, you're familiar with it, near a very busy centre store there. 4.30 in the afternoon yesterday, and shots ring out. Eight shots are fired. It's horrendous. Kira Burke, what's going on? What needs to be done, in your opinion? Well, it's become like the Wild West, as far as I can see. Um, it's just, I just think that... Um like, where are they getting these guns? Like, who has guns in Drada? Do you know what I mean? And I know, like, I'm naive to think that, you know, they're not available or whatever. If you're into drugs, you're, you have guns, you get, you know, you can get equipment. And you know what? They don't care. Their their value on life is nothing. They don't really care. You know, they're probably coked up to the heads and uh, they're, you know, just they want to do a um, revenge shooting of some kind over turf wars or whatever. So, you know what? I just think let them shoot each other out of um, existence. But it's all right saying that until, you know, know. an innocent person is shot, the wrong people are shot and like they feel they have the freedom to do this. What should be done? Well, I think the the guards should be all over them. More resources. 
Oh, totally. More resources everywhere. I mean, there's detectives out there that, and they have the, they have the intelligence. But it's getting the, it's getting, you have to have, I mean, you have to have so much proof in order, like these guys are going into prison and they're coming out three days later, Jerry. There's absolutely no, um, and unless they have something, you know, hard evidence on them, but they should have, I mean, they should be using cab. I don't think cab is, is, um, being used enough these days I mean they're going around in fancy cars they're having fancy holidays like where's all, all the money coming from Carmel is that a, a, a fact like what Kira says there Limerick Limerick was in the news for so long and now I have to say to the Gardaí and the authorities down there they've done a blimmin good job is it time for a similar job to happen Ab- in Drogheda Absolutely. They need to smoke them out of it. And the only way they'll do that is with the resources of the Gardaí. I mean, the Gardaí here are doing a fantastic job with limited resources. But we need to take the same approach as Limerick. We need to, you know, literally have the the guards living on, sitting on their lips that they can't move or can't breathe. That I, I think when the, it was proven that it worked in Limerick, it should work here. I mean, we were promised, was it last December by the Minister, we were promised 18 new, newly qualified Gardaí to be assigned to Drogheda. Were these assigned to Drogheda? I you think know. they came for a while and then, and then headed yeah. on. That's just, no, I can't yeah. say that as a fact, but I, I have that impression. They yeah. were here for a time. Time. And the thing about it is, at that stage, because like it's very hard to seem to get facts and figures, we had 50 fewer permanent Gardaí than Dundalk, although Drogheda is the largest town in Ireland. And, of course, like the minister had promised us the sun, moon and stars, but then he also said that the Garda Commissioner is the one who's responsible for the distribution of Garda resources, including personnel, and that he has no direct role in the matter. But he is the one who can loosen the purse strings in order to put more people on the ground and to give the Garda Commissioner... You know, the, the Garda Commissioner hasn't got Harry Potter's wand mm. in, his, in his bag and say, you know, I can put another 50 Gardaí into Drogheda. It has to be looked at. But again, what's going to happen is they'll wait until there's an innocent person killed. Then all the politicians will be crawl-thumping and knocking on doors and saying, we'll do this, that and the other. Please be proactive. Don't be reactive. Betty, you're very familiar, I know, with the area and uh, you've grown up in this town as well. It's the most difficult time. Oh, it's terrible. It's very frightening, Jerry. You know, you go, I go for a cup of coffee up in Tacosta. I said there was a couple of weeks ago, at three o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. Just you, walk, you just happen to be the wrong person at the wrong time. But I just, I'm worried in that. It sounds great, resources and more guards and all that, but all the rest. But who would be brave enough to go up and um, go against these? kingpins, you know, and actually say, listen, he's supplying or he's, the, you know, I, I don't think that people, like there's lots of little young chaps involved. Runners. And runner, runner, yeah. yeah. And and I believe they go out at night, young fellas, and they get, sell this for me. I sell little kind of 20 odd year olds. So they get involved. 16, 12, well, yes. well, then, no, but out nightclubs or whatever. So mm. suddenly, oh, 0500, then it goes up to, no, it was 700 now. And then they can't pay it back. And then the parents' houses are being, uh, mm. being uh, uh, smashed. And that's what I find frightening mm. and but also there's one of them in the in the hospital with 24 hour protection this 12 months and I wonder if it was my little young fellow who was involved in the which mm. thank God he's not I don't have any little young fellow though but uh, how, 
none of the parents and all those people in trouble are being given any kind of guard protection and yet the big boys are. I, I don't I find the that... Point you're making. Do, do There's a fellow I mean? in There's hospital a, yeah. and he's getting 24 round the hour. Yeah, 24 hour protection there as well. Um... <laughs> So the flowers coming again, you know, to to draw it sooner rather than later as well. Someone said to me in Dundalk, God help you up there and draw it. It's shocking, isn't it? How are you managing doing your shopping? Mm. And I kind of looked and thought, where are the top? Oh, yeah, all right. Then I remember, like, just like Limerick years ago, they used to call it Stab City. Mm. And now, all right, it's, but I don't know. I just think it's a bigger, there's a bigger fear there because you're talking about very ruthless, uh, mm. dangerous people. But we have to rely on the Guardi and, you know, the special units and everything to get in there and get stuck in. Yeah, but who, who who's going to stand up in court against mm. these people I, I don't know I I'd be brave that. enough it's I also think though that it has to be it has to start from a very young age like I mean there's young guys and they're being given you know free iPhones and this that and the other a new bike whatever if you can do this and do that deal or whatever and it's very attractive for a young kid who's 11 or 12 very you know they're watching Grand Theft Auto they're thinking that they're going to be the new you know Clint Eastwood on the streets do you know what I mean uh, like it's 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 absolutely unbelievable what what's got, what's out there and what these th- kids think is normal when they're playing their video games as well. Like I mean, I am I am not naive to think that you know what they're doing on on a daily basis, twenty four hours a day. Sometimes these kids are playing video games and they're violent video games and they're sexually violent as well. And if that's part of their life. You know, it can it can come out onto the streets as well. And if they're getting money for, you know, doing a bit of dealing, whatever, it becomes, they get sucked in very early. Mm. How do you get out of that? Frank has been on to say, uh, having a clue what you're talking about, how are they getting the guns? The dogs in the street know how they're getting the guns, says Frank. So obviously, like, there's the guns, are, look, you can get, if you, yeah. if you need yeah. guns, you'll get them. And I hear what you're saying there, Frank, as well. But... Uh, Look, it's a, it's a huge problem. And again, yesterday, uh, one person seriously injured. It could have been a lot worse. There were women and children in the vicinity going about their daily business as well. And this was just like the Wild West. Uh, I have to say what you're saying there. I'm from the town myself. It does need extra resources and sustained extra resources to sit on them for a time. And let's hope that uh, that will happen sooner rather than later. Let's move on on the show this afternoon. There's something a little lighter for, for, for the moment. The Eurovision is coming up now in May and it's in Israel and we're sending out a song. No one knows where it came from, how it was selected, but you know yourself, that's Ireland and the Eurovision nowadays. Should we be sending a song to Israel, Carmel? Mm, well, personally, and I can only speak personally, I wouldn't be sending a song to Israel. And to be quite honest with you, I was never any good at geography, mm. but how Israel got into the Eurovision you know, and and some other countries too. But like I was left scratching my head and I think once it went outside Europe per se, I kind of, I just lost interest in it. But I, I feel that we are sending the wrong message. On one level, we're accepting of the behaviour of Israel and on, on another level, we're saying, oh no, we support Palestine. So I think the only way to do it is to say, no, we're not going to contribute so you'd and support be, you'd that behaviour. you'd be behavior. against it. Kira. I'd be against it as well. I'm the same as Carmel. I'm thinking Israel, Europe, hmm. Are we? Um, I the mean, only it, thing I'll tell you, the football clubs play in the European uh, soccer exactly. competitions Exactly, that's why well. I just wonder, yeah. is you know it because I mean? of the um, the mass emigration of 
European Jews into Israel, the American state of Israel. Like, I mean, I just don't combination of factors, yeah. I'd say as well. But you, are you, you're. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be, especially on the Palestine issue and the Gaza, whatever. I wouldn't be um, fond yeah. of. I think Benjamin. there's a lot of. Um, Corruption there, isn't there, with, with Trump and all the money involved in Israel? You know, there's an awful lot more mm. involved. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, they shouldn't be going with Palestine there and the crisis and the horrendous stuff that goes on. So, no, I don't think you'd boycott be. it. I, yeah, I would. Yeah, I think mm. it's wrong. I'm not a big Eurovision fan, so no, I probably won't even watch it. Chan- anyway, the chances are I won't watch it, and it just be yeah. always something that you would watch. Oh, yeah. listen. Just yeah. lost yeah. totally. When we were good, when we could win it, haven't we gone to hell, to be honest with you? Sure. Well, I'm I mean, there's an awful lot more countries in it now. Yeah. So we've a lot, and then the the Eastern European um, voting is obviously it's more stronger than ours. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is yeah. all different. And like, yeah. it has become much more theatrical. So yeah. it's no longer about a song contest. Mm. It's, yeah. It is very theatrical, mm. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the the, so. the, the, the dance, you yeah. know, the river dance yeah. when everyone hairs on your neck? Mm. So wasn't that, yeah. Yeah, wasn't that yeah, what yeah, we that? Yeah, was, that. That was an entertainment piece of the ads. Or yeah, a, yeah, it was a fantastic. Tween, wasn't I still like remember that. that. Ja- Jerry Ryan. Uh, pretty, yeah, uh, but we, yeah, we won, right. funny yeah. enough, we won, we won that year. But yet it was River Dance took all the limelight from it. Back to our earlier topic there. Jerry, when the shooting took place yesterday, says a listener all the uh, yobs appeared in bulletproof vests uh, comment from a listener today um, Jerry, I feel sorry for the people of the lovely town good people really good people in Drogheda a few bad eggs are causing so much trouble and that comes in from Paddy and Trim this afternoon thank you indeed for that comment we're going to head to our first break with the girls on late lunch we love to hear from you keep the comments coming to us 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text or you can call in on 1850 Kira Burke, Carmel McCarthy and Betty Clark are all women with opinions on late lunch this Friday afternoon. Now, last Friday on the show, uh, well, we had a good Friday show last Friday. It was Thursday, actually. Uh, Margaret Madden was with us in Late Lunch Book Club and she reviewed John Boyne's new book called My Brother's Name is Jessica. And this book has caused a real stir because uh, the transgender community are up in arms with John Boyne about the writing of this book to the extent that Boyne has deleted his Twitter her presence and uh, just got off it completely. Um, my brother's name is Jessica, says it all. Ladies, you're familiar with this story. It's about a boy whose older brother, uh, after a number of years, comes out and says he's actually a girl. And the story is about this younger fella trying to cope with that change, huge change, uh, w- within his family uh, circle. Um, what do you make of somebody like John Boyne uh, writing this type of book, Kira? Why not? I don't see there's any problem with writing a book like this. He's been criticised because you know this term, cis. If you're a cis man, C-I-S, man or woman. Something I only became familiar about in the context of this book. It means that your gender identity matches the sex you were assigned Assigned at at birth. birth. So John Boyne was born uh, a male, a boy, and he is a man. And he's writing from that perspective. Mm. And the community, the transgender community, an aspect of them, not them all, I must say, I'm not happy with that. They say, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, well, he's 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 writing it from his perspective on how he... Uh, so I think, you know, people are... It's like women with opinions here. We all have our different perspectives. I mean, like me, for instance, I was in somewhere the other day and there was these signs up. I went to go to the toilet. There was these signs up and I didn't know whether I should have a skirt on, skirt off, or, you know, the way you just have the males, the girl, and then there was the gender-neutral one. It was the first time I'd come across it, and I was going, oh, which one will I go into now? 
I was completely confused. But, you know, it's a whole new thing to us all. But I wouldn't certainly not like to be going through it if I was a child. Yes. I certainly not. I think it is emotionally, I think physically, um, I think it has to be the worst thing that you could mm. possibly be um a girl in a boy's body or a I boy in a girl's way, body. Either yeah. way. Mm. I mean, if you're if you're feeling those tendencies, those ten- like they're real. Mm. It's not like that you're putting them on. Mm. I, I mean, I, I honestly feel that. And I I think I would struggle now having, well, having four daughters, you know, I'd probably I'd probably make room for a son if, if, if one of them did turn turn around and say, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm a boy. But when your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. I brought them up to, to now as a girl, and then if they'd suddenly turned around, but you kind of, you'd kind of know, wouldn't you? You'd kind of know, like if I had girls and they were playing with, you know, tanks and guns and, um, you know, I'd kind of go, mm, OK, well, there's a little bit more uh, testosterone going on here. Mm. Than the, do you know what I mean? Yes. And vice versa. If a boy was dressing up in girls clothes and happy to wear makeup and all, you'd know from an early age. That there was something It's there. not going to just turn around at 15 mm. and say. No, no, no. I, 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 I mixed feelings here in that I think the liberals which you know the people who are against John Boyne they're fine as long as you're agreeing with them Jerry. Yeah, exactly. it's exactly like if you say anything about someone's colour of their skin or their religion and you suddenly don't agree with it you've, you're a racist yeah. or a xenophobe and yeah. that's I find that annoying yeah. so it's similar here that he's a gay man John Boyne he's sold 11 million copies of his other book I saw him interviewed yesterday uh, the boy who wore stri- stripy pyjamas yeah the know, boy so yeah. Yeah. and he's, he's a beautiful house I couldn't amaze and all the rest of it you know mm. anyway aside, aside from that it's a very delicate area that he's decided to write about and they're very brave to be able to write about that uh, I would have to wonder if it's almost bordering on mental health issues a child a person dealing with those type of feelings being mixed up who you are of what you know honestly it must be horrendous a mixture of hormones uh, both male and female and I, 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 I just have one son and he's a big man now but I remember when years ago when you would be growing up like you'd be nearly afraid that they might like the dolls you'd get them guns and you'd get, no, obviously have a different world now yes. but you know you get them action men mm. and uh, calm, you know the, the annuals and the, mm. but I, I don't know if I mean, he didn't because he was a real boy and real chap and, but if it not you, know, you look at your uh, there was other people who, who their, mm. their chaps wanted a doll mm. it wasn't encouraged no. now no. or if they wanted to say to wear pink or that but, then there's all but these was, new ones. was that in a way then suppressing well something? that's what I mean is it nurture or nature Jerry? Mm. like you know can you can you encourage a child Whatever can you give about, in to kids too much and say yeah no, do whatever what you about want. transgender like we suppress being gay for so long so now we mm. ha- it's all come out out of the wash but um i mean you cannot stop those feelings and i have never seen someone who has transgendered to go back and say, oh no, it's actually not what I really wanted. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I've so they're never... not going to tell you that, are they, Kira? They've had their bits cut off and they're not going to no, say, listen, it was all a mistake. 
Well, you know, I don't think if you've gone that far, I mean, it's not an easy transition. And I think if, you, if you've gone that far, if you want, went for a reason. You've gone down that yeah. road. Oh, God, it, it is Vex question. I mean, the thing is, there's a bit of me feel sorry for John Boyne because he was accused of being, what, coming from, speaking from a position of cis privilege. Yes. And, like, he went through a lot with his own sexuality. And, you know, had mental health issues and that, but, like, is a very, very successful author and a very good writer. But, do you know, I think when... I, I respect if someone wants to change their sex or do whatever, but please stop jumping on the bandwagon and picking on every person's word as though they're, you know, that they're out to get you. Yeah. Like, I had it with one of our instructors. He was delivering a class and it was um, actually safe pass and he was delivering it in, in a college and he was uh, told by one of the guys, you know, to call him by a female name. And he says, no, I'm calling you by the name that's, you know, on your formal identification. <coughs> that's what I have to do. But like he gave the instructor a tough time, challenging time all through that class. We had um, another guy I know who's a paramedic, had a guy on the ambulance one night and uh, he said you know, he was taking details, he says um, male or female, he says I don't have to tell you. And he says, no, you certainly don't have to, to tell me, but you're in pain. Now he says the pain is inevitable, but the suffering is optional. Now, he said, if you're not going to tell me, I will treat you as though you're a female. Mm. Because, he said, that is the amount of medication I'll give to you. So that changed your man's tune fairly fast. Uh, he told him he was male. Yeah, yeah. They're interesting examples that you cite there yeah, yeah. related to this. Come yeah. back to Boyne and the book and, and, and the writing of this book. John Boyne believes he is prompting, which we are doing today, and many people Absolutely, have debated yeah. this. He's presenting a scenario of a boy, a brother of, a, of a, an old lad who finds, you know, that his brother all of a sudden, have, from being a great sports person and the yeah. girls love him, he comes out and says he's a girl. Yeah. It, it's an issue. He, he's raising an issue. He's addressing an issue. He absolutely, and that's, I mean, it's very, very healthy to address it, you know, even if it's through fiction. It gets people talking mm. about it. Um, it probably gets people accepting, uh, you know, the differences in people. But, like, I would say it's much easier to accept a difference in, in in somebody if suddenly you're not up against this barrage yes. that he has Yes, and, and that's the point here yeah. as well. It's not right. You said it there, uh, Kira, yeah. as well. This, uh, the herd way in, you know. Yes. Yeah. On do, you know what? do you know what, Jerry? I think John Boyne is lapping all the herd weighing in because, you know what, I want to buy his book now to find out <laughs> yeah. what. And, and, you know, like, yeah. it's, it's fantastic yes. because maybe people will go out and educate themselves on his opinion and then get, get more sides of the, of the, of the argument. Yes. I, 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 it adds to more confusion in the world today, personally, I think. You know, that it, people don't know what to think anymore, Jerry. You, mm. you know, you're honestly confused and you're almost afraid to give your opinion in case you're going to be attacked. Mm. You know, you go down the street in Dublin uh, now today and sometimes you meet younger people and you're not sure if it's a man or a woman. Years mm. ago, you'd look at a fella and you'd know it was a fella. Mm. Oh, you'd look, and that sounds old fashioned, but I knew where I stood. Whereas now, I'm just, just every day and you see these half men, half women kind of people dressed up, kind of girlish. 
No, I, I, I just find that a bit unnerving. Mm. Uh, I so I, I, I just find I just find almost anything goes, yeah. and unless you just are with that, you're 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 accused of being offensive. Yeah. Well, and I don't the, think that's what about right. People who are now bringing up their their newborns as gender neutral. I mean, like, oh, hello, what, what kind of? But you see, you're not gender neutral. No, that, that is wrong. You're either you're either you're either a male or you're a female. Exactly. Mm. But with they're, those, uh, is they're not giving them names because they're you know they don't want to give them a name that might appear male or female. They don't want to you know give them clothes that you know people would guess what they are. Like who? It's cares? such a confusing <laughs> world. Let's take our second break with the girls. Coming back, lot more, lots more to chat about, including a 39-year-old Ugandan woman. Listen to this: who gave birth recently to her 44th child. Stay with us and women with opinions. Girls, let's talk about this woman from Uganda. Her name is Mariam Nabatanzi. Right? She's given birth to her 44th child of which 38 of them have survived. And she's now a single mum. Listen to this. She had her first pregnancy, folks, at 13, when she had twins. That was followed by five more sets of twins, four sets of triplets and five sets of quadruplets. And it was the sa- it's the same father for all the children. Uh, he's 27 years her senior and he's now abandoned her. Can't take any more. That woman's probably driving him mad at night. Do you know what I mean? The man is older, he just can't take any more and ran away. <laughs> I was going to set up a GoFundMe page for a television for them. Yeah. You know, he just, she's pouring up day and night, Jerry. Come on. I'd say, I'd say he, she's just over the hill, so he's gone for another 27, a 13 year old actually, because oh. he started at 13, didn't she? She gave birth at 13 years so of age. So he probably married her at 12. So he's probably, yeah. she, she's he, way too old. No, I'd now. say the poor man can't take any more. He was 40 when, when, he, married when he married her. Yeah, he oh. at, twel- yeah. at 12, at 12, probably. At, yeah, at, at 13. So, I mean. 38 yes. children. If they were in Leitrim, the population would have doubled in the county. Yeah, and at look, the at stage. The, look at the child, child support. trying to seek asylum now to come and live in Ireland, is it? For well, well, I'll tell you, we were just looking at this story and working out. We, Children's we, allowance. Yes, I have the figures for you. In Ireland, if uh, Mariam lived in Ireland, she would draw 5,320 euro a month in children's allowance if she were here. She should, she were Jerry, I, should, I should have had more kids. Do you know that? <laughs> we're a great little country. I just, and you have many, many nannies could you employ for 5,000? What's the equivalent in Uganda? Probably zilch. I, I, I'd say nothing. Actually, we're looking at the UK just on the children's allowance. If she were in the UK, she'd get less than half that figure in the UK that we pay out here. We, uh, children's allowance is about twice of what it is. Yeah, but, but it you, finishes at 18 or 19. 18, or 23 oh, if you're education. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Jerry, she's she not an entrepreneur as well, did you? Not tell me she's, well, actually, yeah, she's, now, now that she's on her own, I'll tell you what she does now. Uh, you know, and, and the other thing is, large families are common in Uganda, but the average is six, not 44, 44. with 38 alive. She works to provide for her family, collecting and selling scrap metal, brewing well, she, local... She has a huge... She's, she's the whole um, workforce yeah, beso- yeah. behind yeah, she her. Has. She's <laughs> brewing local gin. Gin is taken off in Ireland, so they are Ugandan gin, and selling herbal medicine. Wait till I tell you, there's another bit here. She collects local herbs to sell, you're right, bakes yeah. cakes, lays bricks... 
McAlpine at Lover, uh, yes. braids hair, organises and decorates events and even styles hair for brides. And and still got time to pop Kira, Kira, isn't she someone? Oh, she's I know she is, but Jerry. You know what? No, I can't is. understand how the gin production hasn't prevented her because it doesn't, isn't that a woman's ruin? They say that it doesn't do any good well, for she, your fertility. Yeah, but she makes it. Maybe that's what she wants. Maybe that's oh, what I thought it was the opposite, that you became very loose when you no. had gin. Gin makes you sin. Yeah, gin makes you sin. Isn't that what they yeah. say? Oh, mm. uh, Jerry, where's the husband? and all this now come well, on why didn't he take half the kids with him when he was gone no, like, oh, no because no, he can no. he can uh, Betty he can just go well, like, no, in can. all honesty women of years ago were great women they had 14, 15 kids in this country in, in Ireland you yeah. were saying well, she had 15 pregnancies Jerry. many mm. a woman in Ireland had 15 my granny's 20. time yeah. you know so and all of her children are getting an education one of her firstborn twins became a nurse and the other became a qualified builder she said, I'm hopeful that my children will go to school because they all have big ambitions of being doctors, teachers and lawyers. I want them to achieve these dreams, something I was not able to do. Herself. Yeah, probably are the school. Oh, sure, she was too busy making babies all the years. How would she be able to do anything else? How can she fit in with all the rest of the stuff she's doing? Braiding, I making gin. Busy woman, isn't busy she? Busy woman. Is yeah. entrepreneur. 39 yeah. years of age, 38 children. And in Ireland, sometimes with one, it's a struggle. Oh exactly. God. That's Isn't unbelievable. It? Well, you, she should come in and say, you know, she should do a wife swap with some of the ones that are complaining about their child here. Having and just one. Do, yeah. And just Imagine if one like. of those kids decided to be, listen, Mammy, I'm not, I'm a boy today or I'm a girl tomorrow. <laughs> a good clap in the ear. Get out and sell the gin. There'll be none of that in Uganda. Do you know what I mean? There'll be no mess in there. It's, I, mean, I can imagine know. it's first up best dress. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, you know, gender neutral. I'd say she just knew. She wouldn't be long about telling them what, what to do with it. Uh, oh, my God. Here we go. Paula Matthew says, well, isn't children's allowance 160? Or yes, Paula, we were talking about that there. What did I say the figure was? Over 5,000 she'd get. 5,320 if they were all within the age in this country. Thanks, Paula. All coming in on social media. Emer O'Sullivan, six twins, four triplets and five quads. Um, that's 44, not 38 children. Yes, it is 44, but there's only 38 alive, sadly. Uh, a number of them passed away. Imagine 44 kids, says Emer. Tato Park wouldn't be big enough. Uh, and Damien's been on to say, imagine the school run. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just Damien. thinking of the HAP allowance. Sure, she'd have to move into the Oris because they don't No, have hotel. Or her, yeah, or hotel. She'd have to have Take hotel. over Amiens Street. Would she yeah. one of the hotels yeah. there? Yeah, boutique yeah. hotel yeah. she'd yeah. need. Yeah. Anyway, good luck to the woman. She has her okay. hands full. That is for certain. If you want to get in touch with us on late lunch, 086 658 uh, by WhatsApp or text. Let's move along. Do you change your password? Do you have a password for your cards, Betty? I do. I Password do. for a yes, number I of do, things, yeah. I'm sure. No. Do you change it? No, I don't, no. You no. should, Betty. Would I? You really should. Kira. Yeah. what about you? H- how often should you change Well, I'm going to tell you in a minute, Kira. No, I don't. I have a very kind of awkward one, but I've had the same one for years. But uh, I do change my passwords for... But you can't go into anything unless you've changed your password for things. I have about 20 different passwords. Yeah, well, some things make you, but certainly with banking or phones and that, it's up to you. Carmel, are you a changer of passwords? Yeah, usually when I have to. Like that, we say the likes of Microsoft Office tells you every couple of months, you know, go in and change your password. And it forces you to do it. And then we have another thing called Dashlane, which uh, prote- it gives a, a double encryption. Yeah, but that's, that's fair enough. But, but, that's, but my, my bank one, I think, has been the same. The same? Well, you know what, Jerry? My brother-in-law's wallet was stolen on a tram in... Um, he lives in Brussels. And they, his, he had picked his date of birth. Well, one of his, you know, 
and they did two options of his date of birth and they had all his money. They got it. Yeah. But his date of birth was written on his um, <gasps> identity card. Ah. You see, yeah. let so me tell you, you this. Everyone has to be very you see, clever. If, you know, if you have, say, four bank accounts or four cards, how can you remember them all if you keep changing them? Mm, Do you know, it's very hard. Honestly, you're getting older. My memory's not as good as it was. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you that still, would you believe this, that the passport, the passport, one, two, three, four, five, six, is used by millions of people. Or zero, 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 zero. Yeah, all the zeros. Zero A, B, C, yeah. D, E, F, G, yeah. H. You know what I mean as well. And we're saying to you, it's causing huge problems. Like Kira said, like they went on the date of birth. Mm. You really should try and change it, you know. And I'm saying that myself as well. I need to learn from this like year. And pick, I know what you're saying. If I sold your wallet to, today, you know, you'd, you'd pick the 0000 or the four digits of your uh, birth cert or your, yeah, your date yeah, of birth because yeah, it's written on your yeah. per, per, personal identity card. Anyway, it mightn't be an issue anymore if the ATMs continue oh, leaving the walls, Carmel. Oh, stop. I mean... Uh, two in Kells, two. Yes. I mean, and they can do the job in, what, 90 six, seconds? Oh, six minutes, I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, I know, I could be wrong. Did you see on Facebook the actual footage of it? In in one of the ones up north. And they had, a, they had a, like a Peugeot van. van yeah. And they had it cut out on the top and they just lobbed it into the top of the thing. Now, it was a bit askew because it didn't go in perfectly. Yeah. And they had it dug out into the van, off they went in two minutes. Yeah, as fast as that. It is minutes, that's is all you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do they not find them then in some field then, Jerry? Two of them. Is there not, I wonder, is there a tracker tracker devices being put on these things now? There aren't tracker devices and, on them. I no. And are they no, opened no. or closed when they find them? They didn't say that in the uh, paper. I reckon they they're empty. Yeah, you know, they didn't. Just a yes now. Yeah, yeah. Say that no, but you know, like, sure, sure. have a tracking device on the actual. I mean, you have one on your phone. Never Hold mind on, an ATM. that's because your phone moves around. ATMs were not built for moving around. <laughs> I know, but they should be. Yeah. I mean, they should have tracking device on there. They will now. But look at coming back to your cards and, and this yeah. banking. It, if they were gone, let's say, let's say people decided, and we know in term and fecking, yeah. uh, out there at the centre have taken their machine away. Yes, that's correct. Isn't that right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know how convenient it is to go and get your money? Wouldn't well, we be people, in right A lot of trouble? people don't use money anymore. Why did they take the other way? Well, they, they still have the one other? in the shop. They don't want it. The banks don't want you to be yeah. using cash because so, yeah. they can make money out of your transactions. But this is what yeah. I'm saying. We've become dependent on plastic yeah. and machines mm. now. And if this trend is continuing, I'm sure banks will take a considered view on this and say, listen, we're pulling them yeah. out of an awful lot of places. There's more, more people uh, paying with their phones. You know, they have their app on their phone yes. and they don't even have a card. So yeah. they just pay with their app on mm. their phone and that's it. Yeah, and, um, that, that's so like it, it'll be your eyeball soon. Yeah. Are you like you're becoming robotic? I'm telling you, it's yeah. the Matrix. I mark my words, we're becoming zombies. Yeah, robots. Well, at you can I tell you, I'm looking into uh, three sets of eyes here across me this afternoon, as I do each month on Late Lunch with Women with Opinions, and uh, these eyes are going to turn their attention to some more subjects right after this break. Guard of vetting and child protection rules. Kira Burke, you're well known to be involved with the scouting movement, and you're not happy. No. Um, well, I'm involved with the scouting movement and I'm involved with the football um, association and I have children that play football. I have children that are in scouts, in music, in various different organisations. And I am being put put off by volunteering in these because of the child protection, the guard vetting, the insurance, the this, that and the other. And the rules that are being put about 
in terms of you can't stand on a pitch without having guard vetting. You can't, even if you're a child and you've come up the ranks and you're a young one helping out, you can't do that. Uh, you cannot go into a hall, even if your kids are involved, uh, to see if you like, you'd like to join the Scouts. You have to do three weekend trainings before you uh, be, do you become a Scouter. So you have to do all your Scouter training and get paid, and it has to be paid for by the before you do before you set foot in a hall where there are other Scouts and they might where there are other. Now they might be your own kids' friends and your own kids, you know, but uh, you cannot get involved. And I think it's going to put off a lot of people volunteering in this Even world. given the fact of the scandals in the Scouts, the scandals in uh, soccer and GAA yes. and swimming and... Okay, well let me tell you that over 80% of sexual abuse of children in this country is carried out by p- kids' own families. Fathers, brothers, uncles. And what I want to know is why fathers and mothers are not guard vetted before they become parents. Well, okay, so that's one thing, right? The other thing is, if I am a paedophile, not convicted, by the way, I can get guard vetting, no problem. Mm. But if I've been abusing my children, all that, and they haven't, I they know. Ha- it's a, it, I can be, I, I can be a saying. scout leader, it, it, yes. I can be a swimming coach, yes. I can be anything. It's a so huge I don't area. get it, okay. and I don't get why me as a responsible parent cannot, like, I, of course, yes, I, of course, there has to be some rules. But when it's over 80%. Yes, I hear what you're saying. And, and that, that, that is factual, what you say. Most of the abuse happens with a family member mm. or someone that's known to a child. But there's that other 20% that go to public environments. I'm not saying the 20% are those. The no. other 20% are other are rape victims yeah, from, but I'm from just, adults. I'm just saying. And it, they're it, not children. It has happened in the past mm. in all the organisations we touched on there. And it, you have to understand, Carmel, why it is so strict. I, I agree. It's very, very strict and sadly putting people off. But like a lot of what has happened recently with child safeguarding statements is on the back of uh, the Children First Act, you know, of 2015. And it has made it very stringent like schedule one clearly outlines you know relevant services and like the scouting would be that where they have to have their safeguarding statement and associated policies now under that they will be stipulating that guard the vetting is required but I often think an awful lot of the policies aren't written correctly you know like for example if someone uh, if someone is waiting to be guard vetted right they should be able to go into that hall along with others who have been guard vetted yes, yes. but i think uh, that what has to be looked into is the wording of the policies i think that's where the problem is because when you you, when you look at the act itself, and I have actually written a few of the, the safeguarding st- statements and associated policies and, you know, trying to get them that they're transparent, but also that they're workable. That is the key. So thing. you see Kira has a point. Yes. Yes, Betty. I, do, I just think that um, with all the sex scandals and abuse, child abuse over the last five to eight years Jimmy Savile the Scouts the swimming the the, the church you have to wonder now uh, almost any man becomes inverted 
a, a maybe paedophile if they want to volunteer. It's become almost mm. fearful. Yeah. People have gone, they, you know, they're almost... You say a, man, but well, woman Well, I know well. that, yeah, but it's mostly... I, yes, I, women obviously I have to have their... So, yes, have their but, but majority it's, it's, men. But yeah, it's yeah. suddenly, suddenly labelled men to be predators. You know, that the people the are whole, so afraid. The whole, the whole child protection thing is just... Well, first of all, it's protect yourself from, you know children um, also accusing you of abuse right that's one thing but uh, like I was on a scout camp there last week and I wasn't allowed to let them climb trees for instance because um, you know oh no 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 you can't do that because um, of insurance and I've got now that's not child protection well it is kind of but the insurance the whole you cannot do a thing nowadays like and it's not this is not the same throughout Europe and throughout the world. This is not the same strictness. Like my niece in, in Belgium, she goes off with 18 year olds and they go off and, and they're the, the 18 year olds are, the, are in charge because they have been scouts themselves and they, they go off and they could be gone in a 10 day camp and you know. Um, like it is just, it is putting me right off. Do you think though in a way that our history and the history of the scandals in sporting and other organisations for young people and that has now driven us on the ultra cautious side. Yes, it has definitely and I have to say that people too use when you say about climbing trees they blame health and safety Mm -hmm. but in fact there is nothing written in any health and safety legislation that a child can't climb a tree. It's all down to doing a simple risk assessment and saying okay they're going to do it what might happen? They could fall. So therefore, what measures do we put in place? We have a first aider there. We have mm. contacts, you know, of emergency services. So in other words, you can let them climb the trees, but we'll try and minimise risk. This is where things are being misinterpreted. And that drives me cuckoo. No. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it goes as far as, um, like, there's parents now not letting their kids walk to school and they're, they're driving them, you know, half a mile down the road. I mean, we have a, a childhood abuse, obesity problem. We have we have <coughs> parents who are willing to help. Mm. I'm a mother of kids myself. I, we have lots of parents, lots of dads, lots of mums who are willing to help. And you know what? The system is putting them off. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. We have to leave it there. Look, we're almost out of time. Thank you for joining us again. I know there were other topics we were meant to get to, but we'll bring them up next time around, I promise you. But for the moment, it's always a pleasure. Betty Clark, uh, Kira Burke and Cameron McCarthy, thank you so much. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. Enjoy again that. this week uh, on late on late lunch and when we were opinions we'll see you please God in the month of May John Lowe the money doctor good afternoon good afternoon Jerry thank you for that wonderful introduction not at all it, I mean every word I say <laughs> and they know that John tell me this is a prize bond a decent investment do you know what it's akin to Jerry it's akin to going into your bookie putting a bet on a horse knowing that you're going to get your stake back but yet always have the option that it, the thing could come in and win that's the thing about prize bonds. It's, it's great. much better than a bet, then. It's much better than a bet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, because it's guaranteed. It's guaranteed by the government. We're talking about the prize bond company that dates back to 1957, and this is uh, you know over 30 years where um, you know they've got incredible amount of money that they're bringing raking in. They've got something like 3.415 billion already uh, in the fund at the moment. Some great prizes, but one of the things that came out recently was that 17 percent of the prize that were awarded last year, which which amounted to, by the way, 16.4 million, um, 17% were, were unclaimed, probably including yourself, Terry. Well, John, this is what I was just saying to Louise. You didn't hear it just a few moments ago. I have a prize bond I bought. I think it was 100 euro I put into it a few years ago. And actually, I got 100 
back in the interim a letter came out said yeah. you are a winner and there was a cheque for 100 and I said woohoo what's this for <laughs> but it was for the prize bond but John that's what doesn't tally with me why is there unclaimed prizes if they because people move houses and people die right uh, and there's all sorts of reasons why uh, you know they might have missed it or maybe got to the wrong address and uh, so I mean you know the first thing I suppose that, that most of these um, uh, if, if, if your prize bond comes up they're all contacted. You I mean they're, you're notified of winnings by you know the address that was on the okay. prize bond. So if you're if you have changed your address, you need to change that. You can telephone by the address of number eighteen fifty thirty fifty sixty, uh, and that'll change your 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 address as well. You can also track your winnings as well. There's a prize bond uh, service. Again, if you go to prizebonds.ie, uh, you'll find all sorts of ways of, of making sure that your name is up there if okay. you have been drawn. Yes, but it, it, it is. Uh, I have to say, you know, uh, uh, a little bit disconcerting, to say the least, that there's, you know, 2.74 million of unclaimed prizes. It's a lot of money. So that's a real message to listeners today. 1850-30-50-60. If you have a prize bond and you've moved address, it's essential you update that. Well, you know, there's 4,600 prizes issued weekly, Jerry, and there's a bumper 1 million uh, euro prize held twice a year in June and December. So, you know, change your address before, you know, the end of next month because June, the draw for the million comes in. <laughs> oh, John, don't tell me that, that there's somebody who's won a million and they don't know. Could that be the case? Absolutely. They absolutely might not know that they've won a million. And, and not only that, but, you know, you've got to bear in mind that, you know, uh, there's a lot of people, the very best uh, rate at the moment on interest uh, for a demand account is 0.3%. Take the dirt tax off that, Jerry, you're left with 0.195%. So by putting money, I, I've, I've got clients who've got a quarter of a million, uh, and, uh, you know, two clients, two, two lady clients, actually, female clients who, who have half a million each in it. And I asked one of those ladies, I said, what? What kind of return are you getting? Because all investment is about the return you get. So she said, well, I added up all my 50s, my 100s, and believe it or not, I came up with 1.4%. I said, that's brilliant. I said, because 1.4%, that's net into your fist. So gross it up, you're looking at 2%. You wouldn't get that anywhere in the market at the moment in terms of a deposit account. So I said, I'd hold on to that half million and leave it in prize bonds. I said to this particular day, this is going back now about uh, a year or so. Yeah. Uh, she rang me, that was on a Friday, which is like a Friday today, and the following Tuesday, she rang me, he says, you'd never guess, I got post this morning, I won 20,000. Oh my, oh my. And that, that was at a time when, it, when you know, you could win 20,000. Yes. It was, uh, was 4.5% net, that was the return on that. So, the other thing is, they're guaranteed, they're safe, you can withdraw them, can you cash them in at any stage? You can cash them in uh, on seven days' notice, and the minimum is uh, it's now 25 euros, so that's four prize bonds. I'll tell you a really interesting story, Jerry, because this goes back way back to um, you know the, the early 80s, if not in the late 70s. But I was in the Bank of Ireland, and I, I, I did this little draw. I had sold these tickets, and because I sold all the tickets, I got two free tickets. And so one of those free tickets actually won the first prize, which was 200 pounds. I went home to my mother, and my mother said, John, you should get some prize bonds. It's luck money. So I got two prize bonds. And of course, in those days, I was so miserable. I put the uh, prize bond numbers in my inside of the diary. So I'm there waiting to go out some night. Where we were going out, you know, for, to a film or something. And I was looking at the then evening press where the very latest news on the, on the left-hand side of the front page were, were the prize bond uh, numbers. 
And I was looking casually at these numbers and I said, God, that's very like one of the numbers that I have in my diary. I've only got two. So I looked at it, of course, Y710 was the first four digits of the seven-digit number. So I then got the, the, my diary out, opened the diary, looked at the page, looked at my diary, and looked at the paper again. Mother of God, I've won. And I shouted up and I said, oh, you wouldn't believe what I've won. A thousand pounds. <laughs> Now, this is back in, like, we bought a house, a detached house in Rathfarnham on the biggest site, Jerry, 14,575 euros it cost me. My. 1,000 was a lot of money in yes. those days. A well, lot of money. isn't that a lovely story? Here's a question come in to us, John. My late father had a prize bond. The house that he lived in is now sold. We don't know where the prize bond is. Is there anything we can do? Absolutely. You can get in touch with the prize bond company and you can explain that all to them. Uh, they just have to verify that you're the people who were the original owners of that prize bond and they'll, they'll redesignate. And can these be passed on from person to person in a will if somebody passes? Well, absolutely, because you know, it goes into your estate. If you pass on, uh, all your assets are put into the estate and then according to your will uh, distributed as you see fit. So if if you've left, as in your case, Jerry, a couple of million uh, and a few hundred thousand, that is your prize bonds, well, that'll be all aggregated. And although you could designate I want all my prize bonds to go to John Lowe in in Still Organ. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a mistake. That would be Coles to Newcastle after that thousand you won in the 1970s. You're not getting away with that one. But here's, Margaret's been on to say, just to clarify that again, Mm. if say my father or mother has prize bonds and they're in the estate and they come to me, is it a name change then into my name, John? Yes, it would be. And the the prize bond people will facilitate that, will they? They will, of course, but you'd you'd have to obviously, um, generally, you know, uh, either probate or a will, uh, you'd need probably the, 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 the will uh, and the actual uh, death certificate generally. Mm. But, but it, it would normally be uh, handled, that would be normally handled by either the solicitor or whoever the executor of the estate is. Okay. But you would recommend it as, uh, in the current climate, with interest rates absolutely pathetic in terms of estate savings, never mind banks or financial institutions, that you never know your luck, really, you're saying? Well, I mean, you have a chance. And, you know, uh, I mean, I've, I've, I've no other clients, you know, the max Maximum now, Jerry. By the way, is quarter of a million. So you are you're going okay. to be precluded from you know uh, putting your half million as you wanted to. Right. Uh, so <laughs> so no chance of that, John. Quarter million is the max. Although I do know one person who has 1.25 million in. It was at a time when um, you weren't there was no restriction, no thresholds. Okay. Um, yeah, core of core million, but but the, the the thing about it is, I mean, it's it's not so much that you know it's better than. Uh, I think in a, in a mixed, uh, balanced, uh, properly balanced portfolio, yes. you should have a number of uh, an amount in in prize bonds plus your your rainy day money plus your maybe long term plus maybe something into managed funds and yeah. all sorts of things. So you do it right across the world, rock and roll memorabilia. Absolutely, John. Lovely to talk to you. Have a lovely weekend. Keep Thanks. them on the fairway, John. Thanks talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Take care Jerry. of yourself, John. John Lowe, the money doctor. Check him out. His annual is available once again this year. Top guy. That's a lot on Late Lunch for another week. Thank you so much to all our guests who joined us during the week. To you, our listeners who are with us every day. We really do appreciate it. And to my wonderful producer, Louise Walsh. I could not do this without her, believe me. Anyway, we'll leave you in the company of Mr Elton John. And yes, after another week of Late Lunch, we're still standing. See you Monday, half one.
I got a taste of love in a simple way And if you need to know while I'm still standing You just fade away Don't you know I'm still standing Better than I ever did Looking like a true survivor Feeling like a little kid And I'm still standing After all this time Thinking of the LMFM Podcasts, brought to you with Cart McCross Credit Union, where you'll find the best car loan to get you on the move. Talk to one of our team today at Cart McCross Credit Union, O'Neill Street, or cartmacrosscu.ie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.